0: Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before we get into the stories, I want to give a trigger warning for story number six for sexual assault. Also, as always, if you have a story of your own that you might want to share here on the channel, you can send your story to southerncannibal.com. And without further ado, let's get into the stories. And remember to always stay on. In 2012, I was leaving work at a popular retail store. At this time, they would have us work long hours and we wouldn't get out until like 11 p.m. The mall that I worked at closed at 9 p.m. This meant that the only people in the parking lot were supposed to be the employees. I was 17 years old at the time and as I was walking out with my group of coworkers, my one coworker needed a ride home. I figured because she lived in the same town as me then I could give her a ride. As we were walking in the parking lot, I could tell that something was a little bit off. I had to park in the furthest parking place because the mall was really busy this day. I clocked in at around 5 p.m. for the shift and I was wondering why this one car parked next to me was extremely close. It was so close to my car that my coworker couldn't even get in as a passenger. The next thing I know, there's this middle-aged man coming up behind us and screaming at me. It was really frightening, and he was calling me all sorts of horrible names and yelling at me for parking so close to him. The whole situation didn't make any sense because I had been there for hours. Something in my gut told me that something was very wrong. It told me to get in my car and lock it. Once I did, the man came up next to my window still screaming at me. I felt like I was trying to get a rise out of me and trying to get me out of my car. Now, you may be thinking, why didn't you just drive off right away? Well, the problem was is there were trees and landscaping right in front of my car, and this man at this point had now taken his car and parked it right behind mine. I felt trapped and scared. I remember telling my coworker then I'm about to speed and drive pretty recklessly. The man eventually got into his car and sped off, but he then took a full loop as if he were going to follow us. I remember driving 45 miles an hour through this parking lot to get out. When I finally got home, I was relieved. During that whole trip, I remember constantly checking my mirrors to see if this man was following me. I've reported the incident to my manager and she thought that I was just being a little bit dramatic. Something in my gut then told me that I needed to walk to the mall security office and tell them about the situation as well. They had actually told me that multiple people made reports on this very incident a few nights back. It blew my mind that a couple of strangers also realized that this incident was not okay. From that point on, I was then walked out by security whenever I worked late at night. I didn't feel safe in the parking lot and I didn't want to feel like that very same situation would happen again. I always wondered to this day what would have happened if I didn't take my co-worker home. I was only 17 at the time, and I know that I was a very nice kid. I would have maybe stayed outside in my car to try and resolve the issue, but something in me that night told me that I needed to run. I'm very thankful that I don't work at that mall anymore. I'm now 27 years old. And I do still think about that situation all the time whenever I'm in a parking lot. This event happened back when I was around 10 or 11 years old. A little backstory, I grew up with a childhood where we were always around boys. I had three brothers and five cousins that were also boys. We used to play outside and make up our own games since there wasn't really much to do in our neighborhood. We lived on a dead-end road, and we're technically the only kids on our block. Well, I did have this one neighbor that was a guy, and they had a daughter, that I would sometimes play with every now and then. She usually wasn't home due to her dad and mom splitting up. She would do back-and-forth visits and stay with her mom every other weekend. Well, this particular day, she was with her mom. Her dad had a new girlfriend to whom I didn't really get to meet because she was always gone. I don't wanna get into too much detail about it. Anyways, they will be relevant to this story later. Let's get into it. Now, this was a typical snow day back in December of 2014, and me and my cousins were all outside playing in the snow. We were throwing snowballs, making snow angels, you know, the things you normally do during snow days. After a while, it got kind of boring, and one of my cousins suggested we all play tag for more entertainment. We all agreed, and we started to play. Fast forward ten minutes, and I had noticed a grayish car to which I had never seen on our road before drive up our street. Mind you, we live on a dead-end road so I would watched to see if the car would come back down, to which it did, and it just kept going. I brushed it off, as if someone was lost and was maybe looking for a family member's house or something, so I just resumed playing tag. Not even three minutes went by, and the car came back up the road again, but this time the person was now driving slower than before. I couldn't really tell of the person's facial features, but I couldn't make out a silhouette to be a man. He drove up and turned back around again, and then drove past slower just as he did before. This time I was on edge, and more aware of what was going on. I wanted to tell my cousins, but I didn't want to freak them out, so I just brushed off again, but kept a watch out for the man in the car, but he didn't come back. Or so I thought. Eventually, one of my cousins took a break and went in for a cup of hot chocolate and the others followed in with him. I wasn't in the mood for hot chocolate at the moment, so I just stayed outside and then just waited for them to come back out. Somehow, I forgot about the man in the car and was just walking and pacing around in the snow when I then noticed the car come back up the road. He drove fast this time as if he was in a rush for something and he came back down this time stopping in front of my neighbor's yard by the mailbox. I stared at the car and still tried to see if I noticed who the guy was, but I still couldn't make out any features. All I could see was the outline of him. For a bit of a description of me, back then I was tall and skinny. I was also shy and kind of slow. I grew up with boys, and we always fought a lot, so if he was to try anything, I would have tried my best to defend myself. Anyways, I just stood there staring in confusion. Then, I noticed him rolling down his passenger side window. He then said something to me, but I couldn't really make out what he was saying. Stupidly, I started to walk closer to the car so I could at least get a description of the guy and also hear what he was trying to say. Just then, My neighbor stepped out on his porch to smoke, and he saw what was going on. He put two and two together, and asked me, Do you know this guy? To which I said no. He told me to back up and go back in the house, but I was frozen in shock and confusion. My mind still hadn't quite processed what was going on. My neighbor called out to his girlfriend, and she came running out to the scene. I remember my neighbors telling the guy to constantly leave but he refused to the point where they actually threatened to call the police to which they actually did i guess that scared him because he finally sped off my neighbor then came over and told my family what happened and we had to talk to the cops about it they had asked me questions but i couldn't really tell them much except for how all i really knew was of the silhouette in the car My neighbors then filled me in, and it turns out he was Hispanic, and he was trying to talk in Spanish, and that's probably why I couldn't make out whatever he was saying to me earlier. My neighbor's girlfriend was in college, and she took Spanish classes, and she said she understood everything he was saying. What she then said made my heart drop. This is what she told the cops that the guy said. I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to her and that he was trying to tell me to get into his car. I don't know what that guy's intentions were, and I'm really happy I didn't go to that car. I'm very thankful for my neighbors coming outside at the time when they did. If they were to come out any later, there's no telling what would have happened. I think about this incident all the time, and I'm really lucky to be here to share my story of the experience. My advice is to you is if you see anything or anyone being suspicious, go with your gut instinct and avoid being in danger. Stay safe out there. I am submitting three separate incidents that happened to my mother. When I first told my mother about your channel, she went on to tell me some of her own stories that happened many, many years ago. She told me about when she first got married to my father some 50 something years ago when she lived in Toronto. They had lived on the fifth floor of an apartment complex. One day while my mother was home alone, she had heard a noise at the door. She thought it was my father coming back from work. As she went to open the door, a man started to shove the door open and put his foot in the doorway to prevent her from closing the door. Luckily for my mother, The chain was on the door, but the man was pushing and ramming the door while making lewd comments of things he was going to do to her, while my mother was putting all of her weight on the door to prevent the man from getting in. She had noticed a toolbox that they stored in the closet by the entrance, and she then saw the handle of my father's ball-pin hammer. She quickly dashed for the hammer as the guy now had a hand in the door trying to undo the chain. Just as the man either broke the chain or got it undone and started to open the door, my mother then whacked the man with the hammer as hard as she could on the foot that was in the apartment. The man then left out a deafening scream and started to run for the elevator. To the man who got his foot whacked by a petite woman, I really hope the pain that my mother inflicted on you lasted for many years. Here's the second story. We lived in a small northern town called Timmins, the actual town where Shania Twain grew up. She was a country singer that was very popular in the 90s. Anyways, nearby our house there was a tennis court that was next to a big field of tall grass. We would often take our black dog of around 50 to 60 pounds for a walk there. He would run in the field and find lost tennis balls, then bring them back to us and go find some more. I used to collect so many tennis balls that sometimes I'd even sell them back to tennis players. One day, it was my mother who was walking the dog. It was fairly late at night, and it was just starting to get dark. As my mom was foraging for more tennis balls, a pickup truck that was coming down the street swerved straight for my mother. The truck flicked on its high beams and stopped less than 30 feet away from my mother. Two men jumped out of the vehicle and started to walk towards my mother. One of the men told my mother that they're going for a little ride and party and needed help, or something along those lines. What those men did not expect was a big black dog to run out of the field and then put himself right between my mother and them. Eddie had a low growl and was showing his teeth at the two men. The men just stopped in their tracks and said forget it and then slowly went back to their truck. As soon as they got in, they peeled out of there. To my long deceased dog, thank you for being such a great pet and friend. I really hope there's a heaven and that you're waiting for us. The last story is about when my parents had driven me to Atikokan to work as a canoe guide. My parents decided to drive me up there and make it a vacation for them as well. They had also brought my three-year-old nephew. It was an 18-hour drive. After they dropped me off, they headed back down the Trans-Canada Highway 17. At one point, they had stopped at Lake Superior Provincial Park. My father took my nephew down to the shore of the lake and my mother went to make use of the facilities. As she left the bathroom, a man was standing next to the door and started to follow my mother very closely. It really freaked out my mother because just a few weeks prior, a woman had disappeared from Kakabeka Falls Provincial Park that is also situated along the Trans-Canada Highway. The man had literally positioned himself between my parents' van and herself. There was another minivan that was in the parking lot when my parents pulled in, but was now parked a few meters away from their van, and the sliding door was open. My father was too far away, and with the wind and waves from Lake Superior, he would never hear her, and there was no one else in the rest area. Well, what saved my mother was another couple that then pulled in. They must have seen the distress on my mother's face and parked right by them, and then stared the man down until he then turned around and walked into the bathroom. My mother waved at the couple got in the van and then locked the doors until my father came back with my nephew. The other couple didn't get out of their vehicle. They just waited until my father came back, and then left when my parents put out of the parking lot. Even to this day, my parents are still so grateful to them. This horrific incident occurred 17 years back. I was 19 years old back then, I was a free-spirited and lively girl. I used to be happy all the time. I was very bright in studies. I was pursuing my degree from a renowned university in a northern part of India. I would board a bus to go to my university. I was patiently waiting for my bus to arrive in the bus stop. I would always notice a physically challenged man with crutches in the bus stop. He would smile at me, and I would smile back at him. I really felt sorry for him being disabled. On one fine day, I had boarded my bus to go to the university, and to my surprise, he boarded the same bus. He sat next to me on the bus and befriended me. Although he was physically challenged, he was also charming. I was really impressed by him, as he seemed to be mild-mannered and intelligent. He spoke to me about scientific topics. He told me that he was a PhD scholar who was going to do some sort of research on some topic pertaining to chemistry. After a while, I got down from the bus to go to my university. I had a great day at the university as I had performed really well on a test. I boarded a bus from a bus stop near my university. I got off the bus when my stop came. I was astonished to see the physically challenged man at the bus stop near my residence. He was struggling to carry some stuff like books and other things as he was physically challenged. I offered to help him carry some of his stuff out of kindness. He asked me if I could come to his house. Since my house wasn't that far away, I agreed to carry his things to his house. Me and the man shortly arrived at his apartment. He politely asked me to take a seat. I sat on his couch and he offered me a glass of juice. I refused to drink though as a foul smell was emanating in his house. Just as I was about to leave, he threw away his crutches and ran towards the main door to lock it. I was shell-shocked to know that he was an imposter who was disguising as a physically challenged man who can't walk. He was a fraud who was deceiving innocent people like me. I yelled for help. He knocked me down on the floor and forced himself on me. He tried strangling me. I tried to free myself from the clutches of that brute. I pulled on his hair with all of my might and he slapped me several times so hard. I kicked him so hard, but he overpowered me. For that moment, I thought I was going to die. I tried screaming for help, but I was helpless. As I tried to run, I saw a flower vase. I took it and I hit him over the head with it. His head then bled profusely. I tried to open the door and to my luck, I opened the door and managed to escape. I ran as fast as I could until I finally reached home. I was panting with fright. My mom asked me what happened and I recounted my very scary tale to my mom. We headed towards the police station and complained to the cops. When we went with the police to his apartment, he wasn't there. The police nabbed him at a hotel after about a week. As it turns out, this man had been using his faked act of being disabled to lure women to his house and assault and rape them. He would always disguise as a physically challenged man in order to get sympathy of his women of victims. As you now know, he did end up getting caught, and he went to prison for his actions. I thank my stars for being alive. Otherwise, I would have been just another victim. I'm really grateful that I managed to escape that psychopath. I've had many nightmares about him every time I went into a deep sleep. My mom made me consult a psychiatrist to overcome this trauma and agony. I know I was safe and sound, but I really feel sorry for all his other victims. I thank God for saving my life and that I'm alive to tell this dreadful and scary tale. I realize that hereafter, I'll never trust anyone, even if they are disabled in real life.